Money is an awesome thing if you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Welcome to Straight Talk, Clear Decisions with Rick Saylor and co-host Eric Hamburg. As an investor, you should know what you're buying and what you're really holding. We'll demystify investing and lay it all out for you in easy-to-understand terms. Now, here's Rick and Eric. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. Well, I'm Rick. And I'm Eric. And we are your transparent wealth management hosts. Welcome to our show. Well, welcome back, my friend. Yes, welcome back. It's been two weeks. Does it seem a- like it's been that long? No. No. So we <laughs> had, uh, last week, of course, we announced that on the radio show that you were actually in, uh, not incognito, but in uh, in transit. You had gone down to your wife Autumn's grandfather, who was one of the last remaining survivors from the Battle of the Bulge. Yep. God blessed him and his service. Yep. To our country, and had a little ceremony down in Alabama. In Alabama, yes. Is that where he lived? That's where he lived. Yeah. Okay. We well, actually he lived in Gary, uh, Indiana, and then he moved down to Alabama. I want to say thirty years ago, and um, that's where he's been ever since. Okay. So it's at Spanish Fort in Alabama. How old was he when he passed? I knew you were going to ask that. I think he was ninety-one or ninety-three. Wow. I can't remember. That's a good long life. It is. It was a. Uh, it was a long one. Yeah, I know. I mentioned in some of the uh, the blogs, and if you're not getting our Rick's View, our e-newsletter, you can actually sign up for that free. But I made a comment about the book that I had read. I didn't have an appreciation for the Battle of the Bulge. I'd always studied it and heard about it and read it. But it really came to life very colorfully when in the book by uh, Martin Dugard and Bill O'Reilly um, called Killing Patton. And I never, I never understood the significance that Patton had brought to the battle or what a turning point that was in World War II. So, I mean, especially, and, and I feel such a loss because he was at your wedding. Yeah. And I don't even remember meeting, I didn't get to meet him. He might not, he, he couldn't move too good, so he might not have uh, got out of his seat too much. Okay. So unless you knew he was there, you probably didn't see him. Yeah, it, it, it was a blur for you, so I can't really yeah. blame you for not pointing him out. <laughs> it was quick. Yeah, well, you know, we we have that so many times. We've had clients pass, and we didn't know what their lives were about or, um, you know, really what they had accomplished and done in their lives until after they were gone. They just all summarized in their memorial service. Mm -hmm. You know, what a tragedy that is. So, I mean, have the courage. If you have grandparents that are still alive and they're part of that, you know, tap into that. Take some time, sit down, and listen to them. Yeah, they've got some stories there. I know Autumn's dad said... He didn't appreciate it until it was a couple of years ago when he brought him to the last reunion. It was uh, six years ago was the last Battle of the Bulge reunion. And ever since then, that's when he got the information out. But before then, I think it's just that generation, those people, they fought the war. They didn't really want to tell their stories. That's it. See, they're, they're very humble. Yep. You know, they're, they're all heroes in my book. You know, but they don't want to talk about their experience or what they did. But, I mean, the greatest thing you can say to them is thank you for your service. Yep. Because I know, you know, freedom isn't free. It is not. No. So, uh, you know, we got a great topic today. Last week, we had some guests on the show, talked about something near and dear to my heart with hospice. Uh, It was actually, I think, Monday, Mark, the, well, August the 10th was the anniversary, the 11th anniversary of my father's passing. And he had care from hospice for, you know, a little over a year when he had passed. And I, honest to goodness, they're angels of God. I don't know how that we would have done, you know, gotten through that. I truly don't. 
it's such an incredible organization, so much that I am now a board member mm-hmm. uh, on the board of uh, here in the Cincinnati and Hamilton hospice and had my second board member attendance last night. Well, I was going to say. So I'm two for two. That's right. Hey, guess I found, out. though, this is interesting is that it's, uh, it's very difficult to get to wherever you're from, wherever you're at to that meeting at five by five o'clock. Where's it at? Uh, it's over just on Eaton Avenue, okay. just up from Fort Hamilton Hughes Hospital. Yep. And I'm going to tell you what, the traffic is atrocious. <laughs> you know, it's just... Got to leave some extra I'm going gonna, gonna to have to allow 45 minutes to get from here to there. Yeah, what's it usually take? About 20, 25 minutes? Yeah, I'm telling you. No, it doesn't take that long. Yeah. I usually, if there, was a, if there was light traffic, I'd get from here to there in probably 15 minutes. <laughs> maybe 20. Triple the time. Yeah, so I'm probably going to allow 30, 35 minutes just to just to be safe. Get some mingle time that I'm 45 minutes. Yeah, not walking in and start the meeting. <laughs> oh, I walked in, and they and uh, it's Sarah, who is, is kind of one of the point people there, said, uh, well, we're going around the room, and we're introducing ourselves and, and giving just kind of a little, you know, thing about ourselves. And so literally, I was the last one around the table of, let's say 20 people. <laughs> and I walked right in, sat down and I said, well, I'm Rick Saylor. And, um, you know, I don't think he can get here from there. <laughs> I said, the traffic was a nightmare, <laughs> you know? So that's, uh, I'm better than I was from the first meeting. Cause I misunderstood and I thought it was, it started at five 30. <laughs> so I was a half an hour or so earlier than it was last that's time. That's right. Hey, it works. You'll figure it out. So, uh, you know, Eric, we talk about, we really love this holistic approach, this end-to-end process. We favor that, certainly. We're biased. Mm-hmm. Let's just admit that. No, we can. We're biased in that category. And, you know, I don't care who you work with. You just need to make sure that somebody is quarterbacking and very aware, has partners to do those pieces they don't do. Otherwise, you're going to have gaps in your financial plan. Um, you know, last week, uh, that kind of dovetailed the whole hospice story was dovetailed into charitable gifting, you know, do your giving while you're living that way, you're knowing where it's going. Well, the problem is what if you're giving away money that you're going to need? That could be a problem. Yeah. Because then you might be relying on something else or some other institution. I mean, you want to be charitable, but you know, how charitable can you be? And in this kind of market where it's kind of seesawing and if you're not getting dividends off your portfolio, you're getting no growth. Mm-hmm. I think the S&P 500, which is an index you can't directly invest into, is is down for the year. Yeah. The Dow is slightly up. Same thing with that one. And the NASDAQ is maybe up a little you know, bit a higher. few points, mm-hmm. but not much. But, but who buys 100% stock? You know, do you buy those other pieces to, to, to lower the risk in your portfolio so you don't get such a bumpy ride? But what we keep hearing in our feeds, you know, the market's trading on very low volume, very low conviction. We just read again this morning, you know, there's the traders aren't at their desks. This is, this is the peak of the Wall Street vacation season. Yep. And just like everybody else, they take vacations just like every other um, citizen. And it just happens to be right now, and there's a lot of, not a lot of volume. So, you know, one of the issues with that is, though, if they can't, con- I, don't, I don't want to say control the market, but if they can't have their say, a lot of it's going to be driven by low-volume day traders. That's I'm not right. saying they don't know and what they're doing. And triggers. That's right. And- it's a lot of software-based trading. So it's just another um, variable you have to deal with in the summer months and specifically right now. And I think it's important we keep having this conversation with our clients. Here was, here's a range that you said 
and your risk analysis that you said you felt comfortable with. Your kind of your expectation is that you could handle this much downside if I could potentially make that much upside. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of tools in the market. We use, uh, you know, Money Guide Pro, and that's a program that uh, we're giving you complete access to it. It's probably an $11,000 program. That was our summer series, you know, to do a financial plan, to do one that's integrated and dynamic, you know, that's going to give you a GPS kind of readout and tell you, are you on track or off track? Yeah. Are you on target? If not, you got to make some adjustments. But, you know, today we're going to talk about a topic that we've talked about before, but it's so critical that that we think that it's so important to get this right. And when you look at this now, from an end-to-end process, there's, there's several things, what we call the four pillars of investing, you know, investment, uh, taxes, uh, insurance, and estate planning. You know, when I think about investing, you know, I don't know why the conversation wages on about whether you're fee-based or commission-based. It should be solution-based. Let's, pro- let's solve the problem and then be full disclosure. You know, so we are both, uh, we do both of those, just not, we don't do the same thing on the same dollar. Correct. It's illegal, and we don't do that, of course. So uh, as registered investment advisors, we can advise you right where your money is. We can do it for a fee. Um, or if you say, hey, look, here's something you need, and you just need to pay a commission, here's what you're going to pay, and here's what's going to do for you. Yep. Go. The, you know, the, the second pillar is taxes. So we have partners that do both tax planning and tax preparation. The preparation is mandatory. We have to uh, file some sort of return each year, but the planning is optional. So our our, um, our CPAs, our partners, they can go in and look back over the last couple of years and see if you made any mistakes. And if you have, maybe they can help amend it and fix it. If they can't, at least we know what landmines to not step on or to possibly avoid in the future. And I think about insurances and risk and you know, it, it takes our entire lives to get to where we're at. It only takes one slip and uh, some area where we're vulnerable. So make sure you have the insurance coverages and protections that are appropriate to your situation. Um, and, and make sure you're paying a fair price. Now, I can tell you, I just did my annual audit with my insurance group just this week. And I do it once every year and just say, hey, here's what's going on with me. What kind of coverages have I got? Is it suitable to what I'm trying to do here. And I'm, I'm always reminded, and I've said this before, of that TV commercial for uh, farmers insurance where the kid is going to jump in. It looks like this big, lavish pool. And before he hits the water, it's a little pond, you know, obviously representing the fact that they thought they had this kind of coverage, but at the claim point, they actually had this. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's it. We have partners that do that. There's not enough hours in a day, but we, we still think that's very important in an end-to-end process. That uh, from a life insurance standpoint, uh, from uh, planning and Medicare and uh, it's Social Security is really a form of insurance we're talking about today. Talk about disability long-term care. I mean, there's all areas that are, are important or critical, and you just want to make sure you got all those, those pieces in the puzzle in the right place. And find out before you, you need it. That's right, because then it's too late. That's correct. The last pillar is estate planning and elder law. So we work with both elder law and estate planning attorneys. You know, you've, you've created your, your family. You've grown your assets. You've created the wealth. The last thing you want to do is see your wealth, your assets, get passed on to somebody who you don't love, meaning the church, or not the churches, the, uh, the hospitals, the attorneys, the courts. You know, if you set up your estate today, that's how you can assure that your loved ones, your charities that you want, your, your, um, 
brothers and sisters, your 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 sons, your kids, that they're the ones who get the majority of your money. So our estate planning attorneys and elder law help protect your legacy so your legacy does get passed on to the next generation. And that's a good thing. We should be uh, we should note that today's program is educational and enlightening in its purpose and focus. Hopefully we're entertaining. Uh, don't take this. It's not meant to be construed as investment advice, uh, you know, as is investment tax or legal advice. You know, you should always consult with anybody, financial, legal or tax professionals or real estate professionals prior to taking action. Our broker dealer, National Planning Corporation, uh, are separate and unrelated companies from these are our opinions today. Uh, not theirs. And so uh, don't want to mix those two. And some of the statements we make may be forward looking. Nobody has a crystal ball though. we'd like to have one. Everybody okay. would. Right, so if you know a place you can find that, you let us know. We'll uh, Don't hold that a secret. We'll talk about that on the air. <laughs> well, Rick, our show today, you know, it's about Social Security and maybe the planning and not just Social Security. It's everything that is impacted by Social Security. And there are certain steps you can take today to ensure that you're getting the most efficient Social Security or you're making your investments, your your wealth, your income, you know, last as long as you do. And there's a lot of strategies that some people maybe haven't heard of or don't think of or just think, oh, nah, that's not going to matter to us. Well, and, you know, I think income, we look at the people that are retired, you know, uh, one of the biggest concerns, and I think it was polled last spring by the Gallup group, and 69% of baby boomers were c- most concerned about living their money. Well, what are we talking about here? We're talking about income mm-hmm. and income sources. Well, Social Security, in essence, or in its simplest form, is a pension. It's an income stream you can't outlive. Yep. Uh, let's just set aside the, the, you know, the silly discussion that it's going to go broke. Uh, because it's one of the first programs that actually has sequestration in it, mm-hmm. you know, meaning that it's going to do reductions before it cuts out. Yeah. Now, let's also go to the other side. There's a group and, and there's an article. If you're not, again, getting our e-newsletter, you can get that at straighttalkcleardecisions.com um, and just sign up for it. We'll send it to you absolutely free of charge. At any point in time, you don't want it, you know, you can just click unsubscribe. We can, we'll never send it back to you again. We can't. Nope. But one of the articles, the reason I bring that up is because Alicia Munell, we featured her article either, it's maybe this this week's edition or maybe next week's coming, that if we simply had a FICA increase tax of 2.67%, and let's just round that to 2.7, so that's roughly 1.35 for the employee and 1.35 for the employer. Now, not that I'm advocating an increase in taxes. However, here's the the, the final dismount that simply doing that would stabilize Social Security, according to that study, in its present form for the next 75 years. Mm-hmm. No cuts, no reductions. So why don't politicians talk about it? When, who wants to be the one to bring up a tax increase? Especially when elections coming. And the mismanagement, <laughs> you know, that there is no money and there's full of IOUs. But it's a pay-as-you-go system. Mm-hmm. And that's just one of the, the opportunities that exists. And there's other, there's other ways of getting around it. And like, Rick, you just mentioned, it's a pay-as-you-go. It's, this isn't something that's going to go broke overnight. Well, here's the thing you think about. There's several areas that, uh, that we're going to be talking about in the show today. You know, your strategy for claiming Social Security doesn't just impact your income in retirement because it also impacts your investments, your taxes, your risk, and maybe even your insurance and estate plan. Because let's think about that for a second. If you are covering most of your living expenses by having optimized your Social Security income pension source, then 
you're going to use less of your own resources. Would that not translate into more money? So you're not potentially outliving your money. Mm-hmm. And that's going to leave more money for yours. Now, you better make sure you got your estate plan right. Correct. From a tax standpoint, from a risk standpoint, from a lot of different sectors, but or from aspects and angles. But, you know, there's a lot of things that are going into this. We're going to talk about the last part of our show. We're going to talk about the, the tax implications because, as we've said, as an integrated planning uh, advocate, we want to make sure that you're going to keep more of it. Yep. I've actually advised uh, folks that, you know, they're pulling out money because they think, hey, I need all this income. And I say, you know, hey, actually, if you less is more, if you'll take more of your Social Security and get less from over here, you actually have more in your pocket. That's right. Because Social Security in its simplest form is tax free. It's everything you do to it with your investments, with your other income that can make Social Security actually become taxable. And then you, you get a lesser amount net in your pocket at the end of the day. And we're going to talk about that some. So a lot of good things here. Now, here's a lot of things a lot of people don't consider, Eric. Mm-hmm. Is it having the right strategy and how and when to claim your benefits is more critical than you ever realized. And it's because there are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars at stake. Because just the difference between, you don't know how long you're going to live. Nope. But it's not just your retirement benefit. You know, it's your spousal benefit. And it's also a survivor benefit. Correct. And there's something on those three, not that you should, the big three uh, potential blunders we see are obsessing over the break-even point. Well, let me tell you, on those three benefits, there's over 3,172 different break-evens scenarios. And we see that. How do I know that from? Because we look at the software. Yeah. And you're thinking, well, I can only draw it 62, 66, and 70. Well, you can, <laughs> there's there over 3,000. Yeah, break evens. Well, there are 81 different options for couples. There's only nine for singles. Yeah. So obsessing over that is a little silly. I think you need to look at other things. You got to, you know, number two is failing to coordinate with your spouse. You know, if you want them marking your grave every, every day after you're gone, <laughs> don't consider that. Just you know, otherwise, you might want to consider this. Mm-hmm. Take care of the ones you love. That's it. Because it's going to be, you know, income to them as well. And not realizing that you can change your mind. There is a do-over here we're yeah. going to talk about. Correct. So a lot of good information. Hey, uh, if you have a question today about this topic, we can take that question live at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Or if you don't want to hear yourself on the air, just uh, email us at info at straighttalkcleardecisions.com, and we'll address your uh, your question in the last segment of the show today. Correct. We're also, you can follow us on Facebook. It's Rick Saylor Financial. We're on LinkedIn. We're also on Twitter, at Rick Tireman, R-I-K-T-I-R-E-M-E-N-T. So we're on social media, so feel free Get out there, look at us. Our website is straighttalkcleardecisions.com. We've got a ton of information, free white papers, research reports, you name it, it's on that website. So, you know, ask, you know, ask, 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 and we've got some information for you. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your no-nonsense wealth management host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg. it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Money is an awesome thing. If you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. 
things. Hey, what about estate planning? An up-to-date will guarantees you're going to go through probate and without, well, don't worry about it, the government will decide for you. The three enemies to an estate today are number one, the federal inheritance tax, two, probate, and number three, income tax. So your choices here are you can give all your money away. That might not be any fun. You may need it. Or you can create a trust to hold those assets. And remember, you don't have to own the assets to enjoy the benefits. So a revocable living trust can help avoid the expenses and costly delays of probate, and along with a living will, power of attorney, durable health care power of attorney. So be sure and ask about our attorney partners today for a free consultation. Money is an awesome thing If you know how to handle it, the joy it brings Hey, have you heard about the new long-term care alternatives? Many of you may know how I managed my mother's care and I took her through her money in the spend down into the veterans benefits. My father was a two-time Korean War vet and right into the Medicaid. She started out at $2,700 a month in assisted living and at the end of her life, two years later, it was over 8,000. The three concerns I hear the most about long-term care insurance protection is that it's expensive, the premiums are rising, and I may never use it. Well, why don't you try what I did? I bought a life insurance long-term care. They can't cancel me, the premiums can never go up, and oh yeah, I can spend that death benefit before I die, if I'm critically, chronically, or terminally ill. Be sure and ask your advisor today. Rick Sailor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Money is an awesome thing If you know how to handle it, the joy it brings Thanks and welcome back to the show. You're listening to your no-nonsense wealth management host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg. So, Eric, we're on this topic of, you know, Social Security and I think optimizing it. You know, basically, you know, there's a lot more than Social Security benefits than income. You know, because it impacts your taxes, your risk on investments and more. You know, people say, well, how does that impossibly, uh, you know, affect my my investment portfolio approach? Well, consider this, that if you're getting a stream of income that you feel you can rely on, it's going to be adjusted. Now, we just saw you're not going to get a cost of living adjustment this year. Yep. However, you are going to get a premium increase on Medicare. So this is similar to that year 2010 and 2011 where that didn't happen, but be assured that 2016 in an election year, I can almost guarantee you're going to get one. <laughs> so, you know, they, they track that off of the consumer price index and, you know, they, they tie it to, to different things. But anyhow, we'll, we'll see. And inflation is showing that it's kind of benign. So real inflation is going up, but the CPI, CPI. isn't because it takes out food and fuel. That's right. Two things we do every day. I think everybody does. I have. You have. So fish. far, I want to do that again, too. Yeah, me too. Today's Skyline Day. It's Friday. We love that. (laughs) So um, let's drill down on this a little bit. You know, they talk about the first benefit here. And, of course, we're going to recap all. We're going to look at over these. Retirement benefits, spouse and survivor in order. So the first one is, you know, people who delay Social Security, they don't take it right away. Now, we're going to talk about six different strategies with this. But people who take it at 62 lock in their benefits as soon as they can. Now, we're not saying this is right or wrong. But obviously, claiming early 
is one of the dozens of potential mistakes for a lot of people when it comes to Social Security, because there's a lot of complexity here. And you say, well, again, let's, let's set aside the argument you don't think it's going to be here. Um, because I'm going to tell you, it's an all-or-something system. It cannot legally go broke. And smart planning involves coordinating this with your investments to help make them last longer. Uh, you know, legally, it can't go broke. It'll go into sequestration and do cuts, mm-hmm. cut reductions. So by the see, it's, I think it stays in its in, in its present form till 2037. Yep. By 2075 ish, 74, it'll take a. I think it goes to 77% of the benefit. Yeah, it goes from 77 to 2036 and then 74% at 2074. It's so, I mean, it's it would have that sequestering element if, if Washington can't do their job. I'm going to tell you whether that would be political suicide. Yep. Who would vote for whatever party it is to let Social Security go under or be damaged? Mm-hmm. You know, I rest my case. But that fear, though, is still driving a lot of Americans today. I to know, make bad decisions. It is. And, you know, yet there's over 40% of the participants, I don't know where this poll was from, over 40% of the participants begin drawing Social Security at age 62. Now, granted, there are some circumstances where some you need, need income. It. you got to have different. that on. That's a different story. You know, you got to consider that. You know, your health. What are your income needs both now and in the future? But consider this, if you will go the difference between age 62, if you were born between the years of 1943 and 1954, your formula for full Social Security benefits is age 66. Yep. So if you go early, you're taking a 25% cut. After age 66, you say, hey, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm in good health. I got longevity in my family. I'll wait to age 70. Between the ages of 66 and, and 70, you're going to pick up 8% a year or 32% more, a, almost a third more than you would have at age 66. Yeah. And that's for life and that's for family benefit. That's you or your, your spouse right. if, it's the higher, if it's the higher amount. So there's a 57% out of the gate between age 62 and 70. Yep. 57% difference. Of a guaranteed, oh, well, guaranteed, an income stream out of a governmental program. Correct. That we're pretty sure that it's going to be there. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's plus, not to mention the cost of living adjustments that impact this as well. And since 1951, there's been an average of 2.8%. Yeah. Now, even if you go to the ssa.gov website, they don't calculate COLAs, cost of living adjustments. We actually have a program that does that. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll be glad, along with our free giveaway today, to to give you access to that. Yeah, so and if you and if you're trying to calculate your own cost of living adjustments, you know, like Rick just mentioned before, this year they're not giving a cost of living adjustment. So you might want to be more realistic with what that coal is actually going to be. Don't look and say, well the average is three and a half percent, I'm going to get three and a half percent coal each year. Well that might not be the case. We've seen it two out of the last what six years we haven't received an increase. So be realistic when you do these assumptions. Our program, we can go in there and manipulate those cost of living so we can make it whatever we want it to be, so we can make it more realistic. And so when the when the outcome gets when the number gets spit out in the outcome, it's going to be more realistic to your situation. That makes sense. So we understand it's complex, and we're going to try to simplify this in straight talk so it can help lead you to a clear decision. So as we as we continue with this thought. You know, again, if we're, we're thinking about when's the optimal time, well, here's something to consider is that, you know, if you'd live long enough, you think about all your other investments. Let's say you've got a company-sponsored 401k plan or 403b if you're in a nonprofit. 
a deferred comp if you work for a, a municipality or a government state agency. You know, if you live long enough, eventually you're going to drain your IRA mm -hmm. or your 401k because you have to take it, it's right? Required requires. minimum distributions. Now, granted, if you look at the unisex tables in the IRS, at age 70 and a half, you must begin receiving a distribution called a required minimum distribution. RMD. And it's roughly about three and a half percent. Let's just ballpark. That's where it starts. There's a divisor. It's, at age 71, your life expectancy is 27.3 years or something. Mm -hmm. And that divisor equals about, goes in as 3.45% or something. So it keeps increasing every year. So they're forcing distributions out to you. However, if you're pulling money out for health needs, let's, mm -hmm. let's say positive. Let's, let's say you're taking out for wants. You want to travel. You want to gift it to the grandkids or whatever. But later on, it becomes a health kind of thing. Now, the other thing is, is there is a, a mortgage, so to speak, on these kind of assets because there's a tax mortgage. Mm -hmm. And it could be as high as 35 or 40% if it comes out all at one time. This isn't just to you. It, it could happen to your kids, your beneficiaries, your heirs, if there's something left over. Yes. Yeah, so but we consider this with Social Security. We don't have that. Mm -hmm. Now... We'll talk about this in the last segment about what things are you doing that may be triggering taxes on your Social Security unknowingly. You may be volunteering to pay taxes and you don't even know it because you think, hey, I need all this money. I need to draw this money. I need to get this. But I remember this example. They were drawing about $3, let's say, and uh, for every $3 they were taken, they were given back about $2 in taxes. And we changed some things around and they reduced it from every $3 they were getting, they were paying about one and a half. That's a tax One and savings. a quarter. So they had a tax savings. They had a higher net. It's kind of like your paycheck now if you're working. Yep. More in your pocket now. You want to do that later because you got rest of your life money at stake. Correct. And also, if you've got a pension involved, if you have a pension through a private corporation or a private company, you want to definitely pay attention to how you choose Social Security, especially if you have a spouse. You know, if you didn't choose a life option with the pension, you really got to figure out a plan to how to maximize this Social Security because that could be one of the, the sole income needs that will last and you're going to need to last for the rest of your life. So let's think about this. Here's six strategies or Social Security withdrawal strategies that everybody should know. It's kind of good, uh, good, straightforward thinking. So you think about life. There's a lot of do-overs. I remember when I was a kid. Didn't like the way that uh, out there playing fantasy basketball championship yep. final games with in any sport, baseball, basketball, whatever. But, but for my brother and I, uh, my brother Gerald's a year and a half younger than me, and we'd sit out there and, uh, and, and fantasize about this final beat the buzzer. And yep. if we missed, we'd do it over. Do it again. Say, wait a minute. He was fouled. There's a do-over. Let's replay that. <laughs> and we keep replaying that till we got it right. Now, I don't think you got quite that kind of flexibility in Social Security. No. Well, you, you know, we laugh about it, but a couple of years ago, you almost did have that flexibility. You could, there was an unlimited time. You're right. That, um, you could four pay years, it back. Four or five years ago now. Four and a half. Uh, December yeah. of whatever year that was. Suddenly, you because, and what Eric's referring to is you used to be able to go back, pay back into the system, and then get those, those system increases. We call them systemic increases of 8% a year from that 67, 68, 69, 70. Yep. Now you have 12 months. Correct. So if you've from elected Social Security within the last 12 months, contact us right away. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was the right decision. Maybe it wasn't. But after that 12-month window is gone, you're, you can't pay it back. 
nope, you can't pay it back. You don't get the systemic increase. You're not out of the, you know, you're not dead in the water, Correct. so to speak, but you're limiting your, your do-over quite a bit. So first of all, you know, the first one that we would say with uh, withdrawal strategies everybody should know is get your claim, your benefits claim right the first time. Mm-hmm. It's far better to let's pencil this out on paper. Let's look at Social Security timing analysis, you know, and let's get this right. Let's look at that kind of like a blueprint before you build a house. I'd rather plan those things out and see that in 3D, which is kind of what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. You're going to see that before you commit dollars to it. Correct, because it, there, there are variables involved with it, how long you live, um, you know, what's longevity in your family, and you can, in, the, in our program, we can manipulate that. You know, if you have a, um, a long-living family, you, you expect it to live a little bit longer, well, then maybe deferring might be your best option, and we can tell you exactly how much you're going to get out of the system. Exactly. But that's something that will change. You don't, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, let alone three hours from now. So let's take this first one. Eric, we talked, we said, you know, there may be some circumstances where somebody simply just has to take it, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Just want to make sure it's the right choice for you, and you're not doing it for the wrong reasons. But let's say you're going to get this influx of cash earlier. That could be a positive. Certainly going to be lower. You're going to be reduced 25% for the rest of your life, not counting the cost of living adjustments. But let's say you're going to take it ASAP and keep working. So... You're going to fall under what they call the retirement earnings test. And they're simply Social Security is going to look and see what you earn and see if it exceeds certain thresholds. So in 2015, the earnings amount is $15,720. Then for every $2 you make over that, it reduces your benefit by a dollar. Now, they say it doesn't go on forever, and eventually when you reach normal retirement age, so in the the year you're 65, you can actually make $41,880, almost $42,000. Without having that penalty. Yeah, so it may not be as big a deal at 65 as it is at, say, 62, 63, Mm -hmm. 64. And by that point, then every dollar that you earn over that cap for every $3, it reduces your benefits. So they get a little more gracious there. Mm-hmm. They know you're getting close to the finish line. And I guess they want to help you get there. That's right. And the, <laughs> the, the point there is, if you're drawing Social Security between ages 62 and 64, you're not going to come out with a negative number, but you want to pay attention to know what's going to be ahead. Meaning if you're, if you're still working and drawing Social Security, do not be spending that entire Social Security check because you're going to lose a, a chunk of it. And it's just being careful and having a, a strategy. If, if, you, if you can only make $15,000 in taxable, you know, called W-2 income, well, you know, maybe you can kind of work, work your way around it by deferring income to the next year if possible. And, and for a lot of folks, you're in your peak earning years and you're pumping more into the system. So consider that actually maybe, again, you want to ana- analyze this for your situation. There may be some other options. You know, we're, we're, this may sound odd coming from fee-based planners, which mm-hmm. we are as well as, you know, we, we do commission-based solutions. But, you know, from a fee-based planning standpoint, maybe a fee-based planner is going to say, hey, go take your Social Security. We don't want you to draw off of these assets we're managing because you're going to reduce our paycheck. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's more valuable to you, then you should do it. So maybe, just maybe, if you believe that taxes are going to be higher in the future, considering that 92 million baby boomers 
are right between the ages of 51 and 83 this year, 84, that maybe, just maybe, you might want to start drawing off of taxable uh, deferred investments a little more aggressively and delay your Social Security so you ultimately get a higher benefit for the rest of your life and make your dollars go further. Then you switch over at age 70 and a half to your, or, you know, because now you're 70, you've reached your maximum Social Security, and you switch over and do requirement on distributions and reduce your taxable income mm-hmm. and have a higher net, hopefully. There's an idea. There's one, there's one of Take that one, one of the bank. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, a, that's one you're typically not going to hear from your typical fee-only-based planner. Because they, their paycheck, let's, let's, let's realize there's a conflict of interest for everybody everywhere. I just want to know what those are. Mm-hmm. So if you mitigate that, that's, why, again, why we advocate working with holistic planners who do both sides of that. You know, know what you're paying, what you're going to get. So the, how about the wait for it strategy? Well, this is, you know, on paper certainly makes sense. So, for example, if you had a $1,000 benefit at age 66 and you go early at 62, you're only going to get $750 a month. But if you wait to age 70, it'll be 1,320. And then you compound that with the, let's say again, the 2.8% average cost of living adjustment that's put on, been put on social security. Mm-hmm. That, you know, you get, you're getting paid to wait if, as long as you can. You know, one of the last ones though is, um, you know, the other side to that coin is the, you go first strategy or the, Filing as a spouse first strategy. So for couples coordinating these benefits, um, you know, you're going to help maximize your lifetime payments um, throughout the rest of your life. Now, there's a lot of complexity to this, and today we don't have enough time to drill down on these. But essentially, if a spouse goes first, you have to pick somebody to be the primary insured uh, person. So this other one dovetails right into this. It's called the file and suspend. So say, for example, Bob and Helen... Let's say Bob and Mary. That's an easier one yeah, to remember. We like that one. So Bob and Mary, you know, Mary wants hers. So Bob files and suspends at age 66, and he has to be full age, and so does she to do this. She's 66. So Mary can draw one half of Bob's benefit because he filed and suspended, but his is the primary insured amount. Mm-hmm. And it enables him to continue to defer to age 70. He can wait four years or he gets a draw between her. He doesn't have to stay with the schedule. Correct. But that's a great strategy because he builds... And she gets money now. Now, a lot of misnomers, people think they have to have worked to be in order to be eligible for a benefit. We're going to drill down a little more on that in the last segment. Mm-hmm. But the, here's a great one, and I've had this personally. I've, I've counseled several people on this. But don't get married again after age 60 strategy. <laughs> we're, not, we're talking about strictly from a monetary standpoint. That's right. We're not talking about moral issues here. For example, I had a couple people... This has come up several times. And one person said to me, after hearing our Social Security program several years ago, said, well, you know, I'm getting ready. I'm getting close. I'm going to file on my ex-spouse's Social Security, which actually you can. Mm -hmm. But I said to this person, and we'll call her Susan, I said, Susan, didn't you and Charlie get married? Haven't you been married? Oh, yeah, we've been married like 13 years. I said, Susan, that deal's gone. You're under Charlie's Social Security now, not Frank's, who Mm -hmm. who was your former spouse, because you remarried. 
Now, Susan, uh, Susan, I wasn't one of her, she wasn't one of my biggest fans <laughs> at that point. I said, don't shoot the messenger. No. I'm just telling you the rules of the system. There's no do-over in that, by the way. No. Now, that actually impacted in another case where I was talking to somebody. They were talking about a marriage. And um, I, I said to them, hey, you may want to consider this because they happen to know Susan and Charlie. Mm-hmm. And actually, they looked at it. They saw the substantial difference because the benefits under her Social Security were going to be substantially larger. And uh, took the advice and did not get married. And they did a ceremony, Mm -hmm. but they didn't actually legally get married. So again, we're not going to give legal advice here. And every state's probably different. There may be common laws, you know, rules in your state. So I don't know if Social Security, how that that actually plays in, but that's something to consider. The the last one here is the move to avoid paying Social Security income tax strategy. You know, this one's not exactly, this one's not exactly, um, you know, practical, but it's definitely out there. And if you live in one of the 13 states that tax your Social Security income and are open to packing up and moving, maybe you want to go homestead, um, this is, you know, this is available to certain people, not not every, not the vast. And we'll drill down a little more on that from a general guideline, and the, and the guidelines we're going to follow are going to be federal. Correct. So again, we're going to stay on this. The next two benefits we're going to cover in the final segment of our show are going to be uh, actually the spousal benefits, and then we're going to talk about survivor benefits. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions Radio Show with your Straight Talk Money host Rick Saylor and Eric Hamburg. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Money is an awesome thing. If you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Hey, have you heard about the new long-term care alternatives? Many of you may know how I managed my mother's care, and I took her through her money in the spend-down into the veterans' benefits. My father was a two-time Korean War vet and right into the Medicaid. She started out at $2,700 a month in assisted living, and at the end of her life, two years later, it was over $8,000. The three concerns I hear the most about long-term care insurance protection is that it's expensive, the premiums are rising, and I may never use it. Well, why don't you try what I did? I bought a life insurance long-term care. They can't cancel me. The premiums can never go up. And, oh, yeah, I can spend that death benefit before I die if I'm critically, chronically, or terminally ill. Be sure and ask your advisor today. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. Money is an awesome thing if you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Hey, what about estate planning? An up-to-date will guarantees you're going to go through probate, and without, well, don't worry about it, the government will decide for you. The three enemies to an estate today are, number one, the federal inheritance tax, two, probate, and number three, income tax. So your choices here are you can give all your money away. That might not be any fun. You may need it. Or you can create a trust to hold those assets. And remember, you don't have to own the assets to enjoy the benefits. So a revocable living trust can help avoid the expenses and costly delays of probate, and along with a living will, power of attorney, durable health care power of attorney. 
So be sure and ask about our attorney partners today for a free consultation. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Money is an awesome thing. If you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Well, thanks for listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your no-nonsense host, Rick. And Eric. And Eric, we got a little bit of time here to crunch in a lot of information. So let's jump back in. We're talking about Social Security. We're talking about optimizing this and how it impacts virtually every area of your retirement picture. Mm -hmm. This next benefit, we've talked about retirement income. And, of course, we're going to offer you the Baby Boomer's Guide to Social Security. It's a six-page report. It's free. Uh, all you have to do is contact us and ask for it. You can call us at 513-454-9999 or email us info at straighttalkcleardecisions.com. Yep, or you go on our Facebook page, Rick Saylor Financial, and you can ask for it. Uh, like us there. Or, like Rick said, shoot us an email. We can LinkedIn, free to, Twitter, to at, at retirement. Correct. So let's talk about spousal benefit because here's five shocking facts that everybody should know. Yep. First of all, you don't need to have worked to get Social Security benefits. You know, ordinarily, for you to be eligible for your own benefits, you have to work 40 quarters or 10 years. And then there's a dollar amount to those quarters. Yep. Um, spousal benefits, number two. So in other words, in the spousal benefit you could draw as we gave in that, that second segment, gave an example of how you could draw off of a... Working spouse, spouse, working spouse. They're the primary insured amount. They file, you know, a file and suspended. You do a restricted, you know, uh, application. benefit application just to your benefits. If you're eligible for one, you and get the spousal, not your own. Yep. So I know this is a little tricky, and it, it helps to have somebody navigate you through this because uh, Social Security is not very helpful. No, because if you do call Social Security to the office, they're going to, and you say, hey, I want to do this file and suspend what Rick and Eric said. Well, they're going to ask you what your name, what your date of birth, what your social security number is. They're not trained to do it. They don't want to do it. They're clerical. They want to input the information and move on. Just tell us what you want. Yep. Number two is spousal benefits are not affected when the primary worker takes benefits. So what does that mean, Rick? Well, you know, we, as we said, you know, it, it has a total impact on the entire family's benefits, but specifically survivor benefits, uh, you know, that a spouse, a child, or other eligible beneficiary receives after the worker's death are based in part on the worker's own benefits. It's got to be based on something. So if you're drawing again, let's say, for example, you, you file on your benefit, you file on somebody else's record, um, or when they take it, it's not affecting yours. Yep. So the, yours, yours is based at a certain age at a certain point. Correct. So now if you draw it earlier, Again, you're eligible for it and you draw it earlier, then you get those same age-based reductions. Correct. So, but the, the primary worker drawing theirs doesn't affect you. Number three, there's no bonus for deferring spousal benefits past retirement or full retirement age. So it doesn't increase after age 66. Correct. So once you once both um, both spouses are 66 and older, it doesn't benefit you to wait for spousal benefits. So once once the last one turns 66 and spousal benefits going to be the way to go for you guys, you'll want to file it right then because you're not going to get any benefit by waiting. Yeah, so by contrasting here, just to clarify, so the primary insured amount person, primary worker, delays to age 70. Well, we said that's 32% higher. 
So by the spouse waiting to take theirs past 66, doesn't they don't get half of the Age seven, higher amount. Correct. They get the half of the 66. That's right. So here's one. Number four, spouses who earn pensions from government jobs can lose their Social Security or certainly have it reduced. So this is, you've probably heard, the WEP provision or the windfall elimination period. Um, you know, this is, if you're under a government program, a government pension program or some government annuity program and Social Security, you're not going to be able to double dip the system. Exactly. That's a good way to say it. Now, if you have worked 30 years under Social Security and under that system, you have no reduction whatsoever under the current formula. Correct. And there's, there's and a few. anywhere between 20 and 30, you're getting partial reduction. Correct. And there's a few people who can basically, um, you know, collect both of them. But for the majority of the workers today, you're not going to be able to get both benefits. You're going to basically get the higher. And again, our two. program will run this through for you just for asking. Social Security timing analysis will actually analyze that. Correct. When yeah. we put that as an input and you say, I, I or my spouse has this benefit, then it'll tell us pretty much what it's going to be. Yep. And what's going to be the reduction is. Number five, many ex-spouses are eligible for a spousal benefit, even if the primary worker has remarried. So let's say you, um, you go through a divorce, you don't remarry, but your ex-spouse does. Well, that doesn't matter. You can still collect. You can still claim on that benefit as long as you are not remarried. Correct. Yeah, once you think of it this way, once you remarry, your, spousal, ben your spousal benefit to that ex is gone. Now you're, you're either on your own record or, or you'll new. be drawn off of that new spouse. Correct. Now the marriage has to land last 10 years mm -hmm. in order to be uh, counted as a marriage um, unless death occurs and in case of an accident. That's right. So you know so, what to do. We didn't tell you. <laughs> it's got to look like an accident. <laughs> so those are a couple of handful of things on spousal benefits that I think should be helpful. I know that a lot of this is confusing, but it's outlined in the guide, Baby Boomer Guide. To Social, Social Security. We're just scratching the topic. So if, if something of this, you know, think, well, this this uh, impacts me, ask for our free giveaway. Ask for the Baby Boomers Guide to Social Security. We'll be free to, we'll be happy, I should say. We'll be happy to give you the free guide. So the last one here, we want to talk about how to retain or keep more of your benefit because the bottom line is that's what you get to live on. That's what you get to spend. Yep. Uh, so when we look at this, let's first of all frame the 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 federal guidelines, because again, you talked about 13 states where the states don't exempt it, mm -hmm. right? You're not going to get around that. So again, it, you may not, it's, it's challenging to spend a lot of time here, but let's not step on landmines knowingly, you know, deal with the things you know, because there's going to be plenty of unknowns. So I look at the federal guidelines. If you were a single individual and your income goes over 25,000, I'll define that in a minute. If it tops $25,000 for individuals and going up to $34,000, then half of your Social Security as an individual would become then subject to your ordinary income tax. Your ordinary income tax. And again, think effective tax rate, not marginal. 97% uh, of the country's effective tax rate is what? 12% 12 12 or less. So don't let that, don't, don't let that overweigh your thinking. Uh, it's 32,000 for couples and it's 34,000, 44,000, uh, for couples on the top side. Now, once you go over those thresholds, instead of 50%, it becomes 85% that's taxable. Yeah. It's not a member. It's not an 85% tax. It's just 85% of your social security is included in, in your income. In that 12% effective rate. Correct. So for example, let's say, and what goes into this? Well, you got to consider that 
half the Social Security benefit you're receiving is in that formula. Mm-hmm. All taxable interest, pensions, IRA distributions, uh, yes, municipal bond interest is included in yep. that. Roth IRA income, however, is not. Correct. So maybe a consideration there. So looking at what's taxable and how maybe you can navigate around that to reduce the federal exposure to the taxes, you know, is a uh, is a strategy worthwhile spending some time on. Yep. And what, I wouldn't obsess about it, but it's one of these things here. Don't don't just flush money down the the tax toilet. Yeah, you know, one of the one of the big issues we come across is Roth conversions, where just by doing that conversion or doing half of it kicks them up into that higher bracket. Um, again, it's not that you're going to lose money, but you might be paying an additional tax. Whereas if you maybe just convert half of it this year to keep you under and half next year, then you might be able to keep more money in your pocket at the end of the day. It's knowing before you make that decision, what are the complications of it? Because Social Security, it's not simple. Um, comes from the government, it's complex, and you got to know the rules, or you have to know somebody who knows the rules in order to be efficient with your money. So we took training as advisors about six and a half years ago. We've been teaching classes on it. We continue to talk on it. So again, tapping into our resources, we want you to know where the problems are so that you can actually move to the solutions. And we'd love to be part of that mm-hmm. any way that we can and helping you maybe, you know, pick, uh, you know, income uh, producing durable income that uh, is going to have non-taxable implications. And there are sources for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're certainly, you know, out there, but not knowing, you know, the difference between knowing and not knowing can be a world of difference. Yep. And how fast that you may be eroding, you know, those benefits. So again, we talked about one strategy you're looking for. We said, watch out for the income, the state taxes. That's a different scenario. Um, but I look at, you know, if you know where your scenario is, you can't reduce it any further. Don't get the, the double whammy and not have enough withheld. You can have 7, 10, 15, or 25% of your actual Social Security payments withheld for taxes. Yep. And we don't advocate having a, a big return or refund at the end of the year. However, you know, uh, it's better to be within the 90% range. Correct. So you don't you know, owe a lot what you were previous year. So you don't owe penalties and interest on what, what you pay because you can dig a hole quick there. Correct. So again, contact us for the absolutely free guide, the Baby Boomers Guide to Social Security. This is six pages long. It does kind of highlight some of the things we've talked about for further discussion. And it gives quite a bit of information, actually. Yeah, and it's, and it's written for you. It's not written for financial professionals or for attorneys. This is written for you so you can understand what your benefit is, how it affects you, how maybe it doesn't affect you, and how, how it's going to provide for you going forward. And I'll also say, you know, you can contact us, info at straighttalkcleardecisions.com. You could call us 24-7, leave your information at 513 513- Four five four ninety nine ninety nine, or if you have a live question here, we're coming to the end of this show. But in the future, eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero is a great live question. And if you get information there, they'll get it to us. Yeah, go to our website, straighttalkcleardecisions.com. Um, one of the things you can do there, you can sign up for our free e newsletter we send out every week. On the left hand side, all we need is your name and your email address. You can also see... And that's got a view. We write a view on our, our opinion of the market. Again, our opinion being expressed, not advice. We have uh, a, a philosophical quote of the week. We've got a recipe for those of you who like to cook. Uh, we like to eat. Yep. So We also have what? Uh, golf golf tip, tip. Health tip, green tip, and our speaking schedule. That's right. 
So, and I'm sorry, you were going to mention a couple other things. Facebook, just on on the on the on the uh, our website, we've got a lot of research reports and white papers, not just on Social Security, but on the investing, on taxes, on insurance, on estate planning, um, on diversification in this crazy market. So, get on there, ask for anything and everything. Go to our Facebook page, Rick Saylor Financial, or on Twitter at Rick Tireman, R I K T I R E M E N T. Well, thanks for uh, joining us. We're honored that you chose to do that on the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show you've been listening to with your no-nonsense wealth management host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg. Your life.